couple youth announcements. First one, it's kind of a sad one. We're not having youth activities next week. Yeah, no, no Bible study, no youth group on Wednesday. But that is because we're going to have our spring break event on Friday, the 14th. So we, there is a new movie coming out, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, that's going to be coming out on Friday. We're going to go see that. But before we do that, we're going to hang out here for a couple hours. Uh, we're going to play some Mario Kart, maybe just hang out. We're going to have some pizza. So signups are by tomorrow. And I forgot to mention this. Uh, when I say signups, I mean, I just need to know like, if you're going to go. Uh, a lot of people have been saying, do I need to bring the 15? You don't have to bring that until Friday. It's fine. I just need to know if you're going. So we have a lot going so far. I think total, there's about, there may be 20 of us going. So... Uh, we're going to have a, a nice group going down there. We're going to have some fun. Again, no youth activities next week, but we will be going uh, and watching a movie on Friday. So hope to see you there. If you have any questions, you can see me afterwards. You can, of course, email me, ask me questions, anything like that. I can help you out. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name's Mark, and I uh, lead a lot of the mission activities here. And many of you know, if you come here regularly, that we have a mission trip in the third week of June. We're going down to Mexico with a group called Youth with a Mission, and we're going to be there for a week. There's 25 of us going. The trip is full. First time ever that we've had that happen, which is very cool. Uh, but we're going to go down and build two houses uh, for Mexican families that really need that as a as a means of health and safety and, and a blessing into their lives. Um, so, like I said, the trip is full. We have a, a goal of raising about $28,000 to build both of those houses. We've raised about 7800 so far. So thank you for any of you and those of you who have been generous in giving. Up till now, we still have a distance to go. And one of the ways that we're going to kind of um, move towards meeting that need is we are having a barbecue, a fundraising barbecue, on Sunday, May 17th, right after church. We're going to actually end church just a little bit early on that day and have a great barbecue event. <clears throat> and we have our own master chef, Tyler Morris, who is going to be doing the uh, barbecue for us. Now, I've never had Tyler's barbecue before. I don't know if you have, but I hear it's amazing. And so you want to be part of this event, and it's an opportunity to really just, you know, give generously towards this need. We're actually inviting the Baptist Church down as well, so it's going to be kind of a joint opportunity for us to partner with our brothers and sisters up the street uh, for this event. There is a There are little flyers that are on the table outside on the welcome cart, and there's actually a sign-up on the welcome cart, too. All I need is just your name and how many people in your family would be coming, and that's just for a head count, just to make sure that we have enough food. So uh, be, put that on your calendar, Sunday, May 17th. Let us know if you're coming, how many people are coming. May 7th, sorry, did I say the 17th? May 7th, sorry. I'm not as old as you, Ernie, but I'm getting old. It's just not working the way it used to be. <clears throat> so May 7th, right after church. God bless you guys. Thank you. See, Ernie, you try to help Mark out, and you get thrown under the bus, right? It's all love. I know. It's all love. Uh, a final announcement. Uh, next Saturday at 2 o'clock, we're going to be celebrating uh, the life of our dear brother, Pat Pagnasek. And we invite you to come on out. It's going to be a, a wonderful memorial for Pat. Uh, he was part of our worship team here for many years. And uh, Tyler, Pastor Tyler says, uh, we still need some help. 
So if you'd like to volunteer in uh, various capacities, see uh, Pastor Tyler, and uh, he'll give you some direction as far as how you can help. Uh, but yeah, come on out. It's going to be a wonderful celebration of Pat's life. Why don't we stand together, and uh, we're going to pray, and we'll continue worship.
really like that video on tracing and following the line. Um, because it reminds me, and, and you know, it's interesting this past week as I was preparing uh, the message for Easter 2023, I decided, well, let me look back on all my Easter messages. And I went back about 10 years, and lo and behold, they're all about the same. <laughs> You're right. And, and there's kind of a reason for that. One, because scripture doesn't change and scripture is always true. But for me personally, uh, part of my story is that, you know, uh, I've shared with you, if you've been with me any length of time, you know, I was at UCLA, then went to law school. And it was while I was in law school in San Diego that uh, I was saved and, and calling to the ministry. So I kind of had this investigative, analytical mind, even when people were sharing uh, Christianity with me. And the gospel, I never really, just, you know, I always wanted to kind of check it out. I was kind of like, well, let me look at that. Let me look at that. And so when it came to the resurrection, it was kind of the same thing. And as a young, as a seeker and then as a young believer, I really wanted to understand the truth of this thing we call the resurrection. Because a whole lot of time and effort when we would, uh, when we were living in San Diego, we were at a large church. So they would rent out one of the amphitheaters at SeaWorld. And we would go have a sunrise service, and we would all gather and go to SeaWorld and celebrate the resurrection sunrise, right? And, and it's a big deal. And, and yet, for me, there's something that resonates and resonated and still does, and probably will the rest of my time on this planet, about the resurrection. And that video, when I saw it this week, I was like, that's the one we need for, for us today. Because I like that line, because it's like a timeline, Right, and it's a timeline of the of the historical events of the Passion Week leading up to the death and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, but for me, what resonates with me, and what's resonated with me for the 13 years that we've been in church, is that the resurrection, what we celebrate today, has to have been part of the historical history in the timeline of Earth. Okay. And, and I came across uh, an email that was sent to me this week, a devotional, and, and kind of the topic, uh, the, the title was dealing with wasting time, right? How many of you have ever wasted some time, right? Wasting time, you're like, you know, you watch TV or you do something, you're like, man, that was a waste, right? Think of how productive you could have been. But uh, I was thinking of that, and the point of the devotional was, in light of the resurrection, are we wasting time? Is this just a waste of time? And think about that for a moment. Is this just a waste of time? Because if the resurrection didn't happen, here's the truth. This is a waste of time. This is a waste of time. You're like, well, what do you mean? It's going to be a lot of fun, and there's 1,400 eggs, and you know, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's family, and it's tradition. I get all that, and I get some sort of benefit at that relational level, and people being here, and you reconnecting, and all that. I'm not downplaying that, except for the fact that what really matters in your relationship with God, if the resurrection didn't happen, this is a waste of time. We should be out there already. Because an Easter egg hunt and all the trappings don't require resurrection. Right? But salvation and forgiveness of sins requires a salvation or a resurrection. So when, when I saw a video on Timeline or History... Every, every year when it comes to Easter, with all the busyness of being a pastor and counseling and teaching and all the trappings of church, I love Easter for me personally because when I come back to the resurrection, it, root, it grounds me. It, it 
it just really stabilizes me personally about my relationship with Jesus and then my calling to, to serve his church. And that's rooted in what we call the historicity of the resurrection, okay? So, so this idea of wasting time, and, and are we wasting time today? Is this just a big tradition? Is this really just a waste of time, all the time and effort and money that went into this service? It's just, are we just wasting time, right? Because in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, it says this, if Christ has not been raised, okay, if there's no resurrection, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain, all right? In the Amplified, it says this, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain, which means useless, amounting to nothing, and your faith is also in vain, imaginary, unfounded, devoid of value and benefit, not based on truth. Let me summarize that for you. It's a waste. If the resurrection did not happen in the timeline of Earth's history as a legitimate historical event, that, was, that verse says, we're wasting our time here. We're just wasting our time. And that's, that's stunning. That, that brings Easter and all the trappings of Easter out of tradition and really confronts us with historical reality. And you gotta, you gotta land somewhere. You gotta land somewhere. So, so why would this be a waste of time? Let me help you out a little bit. In John 2, Jesus says this. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said it has taken 46 years to build this temple and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remember that he had said this and believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. If the resurrection didn't happen, according to John 2, Jesus is a liar. Which means then he sinned. Which means then he doesn't qualify as a lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Because now he's blemished. See, Jesus promised in John 2 that he was going to be raised. So it either did or didn't, and he's either telling the truth or he's a liar. Okay? 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says this, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Again, in the Amplified, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, and powerless, mere delusion. You are still in your sins and under the control and penalty of sin. Woo! So what that verse is saying in the Amplified, okay, let me just try and how many of you here would say that I profess faith in Jesus as my Lord and Savior? I'm resting fully on him. Yes, okay. That verse says, if there is no resurrection, you're deluded. You're deluded and you're still under the control and penalty of sin. This is a big waste of time, yo. Might as well go watch soccer. Might as well go barbecue. Might as well go Dodgers, right? Watch the Dodgers, right? Got to do something. But be anywhere but here if the resurrection didn't happen. Because according to these verses, our faith is futile. And you know what? You're still in your sins. Your names aren't written in the book of life. Still got a big problem, the big problem that we've been talking about the past two weeks, right? The problem of sin. You're still separated from God. If this historical event did not happen, this is, this is, like, this is why every year I come back to it. I've been in ministry for almost 30 years, right? D. James Kennedy says this, but it is by the resurrection that Christ is declared the Son of God with power. 
And it is by the resurrection that his atoning sacrifice is declared to be accepted by God. This is the center of the Christian faith. With it, everything stands or falls. If you are a professing believer, professing Christian, professing follower of Jesus right now, everything stands or falls with the resurrection. That's what we just, that's what the first Corinthians has been telling us. It's not just if you feel it. It's not just if it's your opinion. First Corinthians strips away all feelings and emotion and opinion and all of that and just says, hey, it's a historical fact. It had to have happened. Otherwise, like the devotion said this week to me, we're wasting our time. This is one big waste of time if the resurrection didn't happen. But the good news, 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says this, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Amen? Right? Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, that was Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has, be, has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Amen? Okay, that's, that's why it matters. That's why it matters. Because on April 9, 2023, Because the resurrection happened in the timeline of earth's history, we have new life. I don't know, Randy, that's like a put a smile on my face moment for me. I mean, I don't know, every year I'm like, that's awesome. That's awesome. I don't have to conjure up feelings. I don't have to have this great experience. I don't need to listen to worship music 10 hours a day. I don't need to, I just need to understand that the resurrection happened. I have new life. It's not rooted in me conjuring up anything. It's not rooted in my up and down feelings. It's not rooted in what church I happen to go to or what version of the Bible I read. It's rooted in the resurrection and the historical fact of the resurrection. That's that's like a stake in the ground moment for me. Because there's a lot of things you turn on the TV and your social media and your internet and your YouTube. There's a lot of stuff coming at the church. There's just a lot of stuff. And if you're not careful, you get to, we start to waver and you start to wonder and you start to get the butterflies. And is this, you know what? If you're there, come back to the resurrection. Come back to the resurrection. Because everyone has to decide. In logical reasoning, right? Uh, there's a, a law called the law of non contradiction. The law of non contradiction says two contradictory claims cannot both be true. A, okay, this is for all, how many of you enjoyed math? Math growing up? All right. A cannot equal not A or negative A. How many would agree that A cannot equal not A? Careful, because the world would disagree with you right now. So, the law of non-contradiction says A cannot equal not A or negative A. So, if A, we let A equal Jesus has risen, and negative A equal Jesus has not risen. They can't both be true. That's the law of non-contradiction. That's not even getting religious on you. That's just logic and reasoning. It's the law of non-contradiction. Now, here's a challenge. We live in a postmodern relativistic world that will let those two sit equally valid. That's the problem. That's the challenge. That's when you try to share the gospel that we are now narrow. We're judgmental. We're narrow. Because A 
does not equal negative A, we're now judgmental and, and narrow. You, know, you see, this is, the, this, is the cultural, this is the cultural atmosphere that we go into with the gospel. And that's why we got to come back to the resurrection to root us and ground us, right? So A cannot equal negative A, which means Jesus being resurrected and Jesus not being resurrected, you got to pick one. They can't both be true, okay? You got to land somewhere. Now, for us, we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, right? And then I want to share this with you. For some of those of you who haven't been with me, I, I, there's a, a little acrostic I love to share. But, but let me lay some, some background here. The biblical accounts of Jesus' death, resurrection, what we saw in the, the video, the, uh, even the events of the Holy Week, here's the thing. They were rooted in real geography, in real time, with real people. Okay? It's like real world stuff, like tangible stuff, all right? Nobody was transported to a mythical land. No one went to Narnia. No one went to Narnia, okay? No one entered into some weird trance, right? The events of the Holy Week, including the resurrection, all included real people. Everyone do this. Real people, real time and space. Okay? Now, why is that important? Because a lot of people want to put Easter Sunday into myth, legend, tradition. But if you look at the Gospels as historical documents, it's real world stuff. Right? There is no Narnia There is no mythological creatures. There is no, I went into a trance and saw Jesus rose. No, Jesus rose. So you have to wrestle with this. And I'm hoping if you're a believer, the reality of the gospels and the reality of the historicity of the resurrection roots you and grounds you. Because I'm going to tell you, and this is just a guess, things are probably going to get a little more heated in opposition to the church moving forward. Okay? For some of you, I started in ministry in the uh, 90s, right? And I got to tell you, in 20, 30 years, the antagonism and the pushback against the church has been so rapid, I can't even believe it, in 30 years of ministry. And, and honestly, you know, sometimes I read what's going on in, in our country and other countries, and I take a few deep breaths not even as a pastor, but as a believer. And I got to tell you, and I'm speaking to you, brothers and sisters, we got to know what we believe and why we believe it. Because it's just going to get, fire's just going to get turned up as we move forward. And we're going to need each other, but we're going to need each other not just for, for you know, comfort and encouragement. We're going to need each other to remind each other why we believe what we believe and to stand firm together. Amen? goes back to the resurrection. It goes back to the resurrection. In Luke 24, Jesus, after his resurrection, you know what he did? He appears to his boys. He says, you know, some of him miraculously shows up, right? Somehow he's able to, like, appear in rooms, walk through walls. And here's what he does. I love this reality. He talks to them. They're like, oh, you know, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's like, hey, man, can I have some of that fish? (laughs) And in Luke 24, it says they brought him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it in front of them. So what you been doing? You thought I was dead, huh? It's real. Like he's, eat, he's eating fish with his boys. 
after he rose from the dead. Okay? And then in Luke, in John 20, I love this. He even appears, how many heard of Doubting Thomas? He appears to Doubting Thomas. After his resurrection, he appears to someone who's like, yo, dudes, you're all lying. Right? Jesus had appeared, if you don't know the story. And they all went, oh, it's Jesus. He's Jesus. Woo-hoo. And then Thomas shows up. And Jesus had left. And Thomas shows up. And he said, hey, dude, Jesus was just here. He's like, nah. Right? Doubting Thomas. Nah. You guys are lying. Right? You're pranking me. Where's the camera? Right? Jesus shows up in John 20. He says, eight days later, his disciples were inside again. And Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, hey, put your finger here and see my hands. Hey, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. It's real. It was real. And I I love that. I love that. Okay, and so there's an acrostic I love to share every Easter. It's from the Christian Research Institute. If you're familiar with that, Hank Hanegraaff, I came across this decades ago. And basically, it says that the resurrection is the greatest feat in history. F-E-A-T, right? Fatal torment, empty tomb, appearances, transform lives. I love this. It's rooted in me and my own faith. I've shared it a bunch of places. Fatal torment. John 19.33, when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Verse 34, they talk about, if you remember, the soldier pierced his, his side and fluid came out, okay? Fatal torment means Jesus actually died. He was dead. There is theories out there, uh, you know what, Jesus just fainted. They try, to, they try to discredit the resurrection. He didn't really die, he just fainted. No, he was dead. Pierced his side. I've read story, studies on what that, what that meant when blood and water came out. It meant that there was fluid around his heart and in his lungs. He was dead. Okay? So he actually died. Fatal torment. Okay? Empty tomb. Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus, right? Dr. Paul Meyer says this, if all the evidence is weighed carefully and fairly, it is indeed justifiable, according to the canons of historical research, to conclude that the tomb in which Jesus was buried was actually empty on the morning of the first Easter, and no shred of evidence has yet been discovered in literary sources, epigraphy, which is the study of inscriptions, or archaeology that would disprove this statement. It was empty. It was empty. Okay? A is appearances, 1 Corinthians 15. And that he appeared to Peter and then to the 12. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to the, all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So Jesus appeared 500 people at the same time. And then I love the thing that stuck out to me is most of whom are still living. So they're writing this close enough in history that people are living and could have said, nah, didn't happen. No, most of them were still alive when these historical accounts were written of Jesus appearing. It wasn't like this huge gap where everyone had died and they're just sort of manufacturing this thing 
the transcripts and manuscripts are written close enough in history that people were still alive and could verify it or disprove it, but they never did. Okay? Ray Stedman says this. Every generation, the theory is propounded that Jesus really did not rise from the dead physically, that the disciples were so caught up in the wonder of his personality that they so wanted him back, they actually hallucinated and imagined they saw him. But this event, of course, can hardly fit that category. For here, there were over 500 individuals. Now, it is hard enough to get one person to hallucinate, but to get 500 people from various backgrounds and attitudes, etc., to do so all at once is simply incredible. Okay? You gotta look through the lens of reality and history here. And I, I love that. I love that. And finally, T has transformed lives. And if you read the gospel accounts, you see the disciples go from very fearful and cowering, wondering if they were going to be killed next. Jesus appears, and suddenly they're transformed, and they're bold, and they're courageous, right? And then the apostle Paul, who does he meet on the road to Damascus? Jesus. He was Saul, meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, transformed into the apostle Paul, right? And then even today, how many of you have met Jesus and seen transformation in your life? He's still transforming lives. He's still supernaturally transforming lives today. The transformation of lives has not stopped, right? Josh McDowell, a believer in Jesus Christ today, can have the complete confidence, as did those first Christians, that his faith is based not on myth or legend, but on the solid historical fact of the empty tomb. You see, that's, that's settling to me. That's grounding to me. That's a source of confidence and peace to me. Right? Because again, in our culture, even in, in the world of church, we get caught up with the music and the style of worship. And then if we're not careful, we seek experiences to validate our faith and to keep our faith going. We need another experience. We need good worship. We need a good preacher. We need a nice church. All sort of this external trappings to sort of make us feel more comfortable that what we believe is legit because we're feeling something. Here's the thing. Whether or not, you know, I'm feeling it, whether or not worship goes well, whether or not the message goes well, whatever, all the externals don't matter because my faith is rooted in the the truth of the resurrection. But I get it because we do church so well in the United States, we package it so well that we become dependent sometimes on the packaging. And we forget that our faith is not rooted in the packaging, it's in the resurrection. That's why, you know, uh, sometimes they say, you know, oh, it's so nice. It's, here's the thing. Honestly, I mean this. If something happened to this building and the lights and we couldn't, something tragic or the building went away, we would still meet. If not on this property, maybe on the dirt lot, maybe we'd go find it. We would still meet because our faith isn't dependent on 1290 grand existing. Amen? It's not. What unites us, what roots us and grounds us is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because out of that resurrection, everything we share in belief doctrinally is validated. It's validated. The resurrection validates who we are in Christ, validates what we believe. Okay, that's why it's so powerful what we do today. That's why it's not a waste of time. So I just want to share with you kind of three sort of words that begin with P that will help you maybe where you are today in April 9th to bring the resurrection into your life. Okay, 
First one is peace. We talked about this last week. In Romans 5, 1, it says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 4, 25. Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Now, last week, we talked about having peace with God and this big word, justification, right? What was justification? If you remember, it's when God puts his judge hat on, and he makes a legal declaration. This is God the judge speaking. You put your faith in Jesus, right? You rest in his finished work for his, as, as your Lord and Savior. You, you do that. God the judge says, not guilty, fully righteous. It's a once and for all legal declaration. Amen? Okay. Now, here's the key. Here's how that is connected to the resurrection. Romans 4.25. Um, I can you put that back up? Talking about Jesus, he says, he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised, at the very end, raised for our justification. The resurrection somehow is tied into being saved. Justification, this legal declaration. And how does that work? Um, Bill, do you have your wallet on you, by chance? Randy, do you have your wallet? You don't have one? Man, the elders here are broke. Um, Mark. Mark, can I, get your, can I get your credit card? I knew Mark would come through. Oh, the whole wallet. Okay. All right. Bro, how many cards do you have in here? Dude, tithe is going to be good, too. How many have ever used one of these when you go shopping? How many don't even use cash anymore? Like, what is cash? What is fiat currency? What is coin, right? You ever feel bad, like there's a tip jar, and you're like, who, just put it on my card, right? I don't even have, right? So we all, we're all familiar with this, either uh, like a credit card, right? So you, you go, and this is an explanation of that verse. You're like, why is he doing this? So he says he was raised for our justification. So if you've ever used one of these, and when I first learned this, it's kind of changed me. Every time I go shopping, I have a woo-hoo moment. So you put this in there, and Mark, I'm assuming, usually, you put it in there, and you're wondering, you ever get nervous when it's processing? And you're like, come on, come on, come on. And then it says what? Payment approved, right? <sighs> Payment approved, and it says, please remove card, right? So when it says raised for our justification, how many of you have ever heard the phrase or someone tell you, hey, Jesus paid the price for you? Anyone ever? Jesus paid the penalty. He paid something, right? Well, the question is, how do you know that it was accepted? How do you know that that was approved? That transaction, that, how do you know that transaction went through? Okay. The resurrection. Ailee, put it back up again. When it says he was raised for our justification, it's like the card. Put the card in. Payment approved. Please remove Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? How do we know that, the resurre- that Jesus paid the penalty and that Father accepted the payment? The resurrection. Amen? Amen. Right? So I'm serious. I'll go to Ross or whatever, and I'm like, do, do, do. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, yes. You know? <laughs> I have this Jesus moment every time the payment is approved, and it says, please remove the card. It's like, please remove Jesus from the tomb. Payment approved. Right? That's the important. Yes, pass it around and take what you would like out of Mark's lunch on Mark. (laughs) 
Oh, Maya, look how, wow. Check it, Mark. I saw her. But, um, isn't that really cool, though? So we've heard this phrase, Jesus paid the price for you, but now we can seal the deal. And we know it was accepted by Father because of the resurrection. Payment approved. Please remove Jesus from the tomb. That's awesome. I love that. Again, it just roots me and grounds me like, this is good. Okay. Not on my feelings, not on my circumstances, not on my opinions. Not, it's just payment approved. Please remove Jesus from the tomb. Boom. Right? Then we have peace. That means we have peace with God. Right? Romans 5.1. We have peace with God because we have that legal declaration. Not guilty, fully righteous. How many of you just love the fact that you have peace with God this morning? No matter what happens in life, right now as you sit here as a believer, you have peace with God, the God of the universe. I love that. The resurrection reminds me how crazy my life is, how circumstances can be so crazy, and one day it's like this, and the next day it's like this, up and down, left and right. At the very core of it, I have peace with God. And I can enter into a crazy, fallen world with peace. With peace, right? And we talked about in John 2 when Jesus promised that he would raise. So you have peace. The resurrection gives me peace. Promise. I can rest in God's promises. I can rest in Jesus' promises, in the word of God. It's legit. It's valid. If Jesus can promise to be raised up in three days, I can pretty much believe him for everything else. His promises. And then finally, power. We're freed not just from the penalty of sin by this legal declaration. We are freed from the power of sin. Romans 6. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Amen? We are no longer slaves to sin. So, you know, kind of what that means is you cannot use this as a believer. Uh, the devil made me do it. <laughs> nah, sorry. Biblically, you can't use that. Because according to these verses, you're no longer a slave to sin. Isn't that awesome? Now, is it easy sometimes? No, we're in process, right? We, 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 we learn to say no to sin more and more, and we say yes and yes to God more and more, and it's called sanctification. But at its root, right, I love this, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. It's a rebirth, it's a rebirth. It's not rehabilitation. It's not re-education. It's not even trying to reform yourself. You are brand new. You're a brand new creation. I tried to, I shared this with you before. If you've been here, you know, this word new, it means never existed before. Right? So I shared this with the, with the auto industry. Sometimes car makers come out with new models. Okay, they're, but they're just a newer Sonata or a, a newer Range Rover, right? There was the 2023, there's a 2022, there's a 2020s, right? It's new, it's nice, but that model existed before. They're just improving it, enhancing it. 
When the Bible says you're a new creation and you walk in newness of life, it means you're the prototype. How many have been to the auto show and you see the prototype? The one that never existed before. And you're like, oh, I hope they make that. Right? Because it never existed before. Here's the glorious, miraculous truth. When you put your faith in Jesus, you're the prototype. It's not just about trying to clean up your old self. You're walking in newness of life. That you never existed on this planet before. Because that you is now empowered and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Amen? That you now has new nature that wants to love God, wants to honor God. That's a new you. So maybe today, some of us as believers, the resurrection today is for you to be reminded, hey, you're the prototype. You're God's workmanship. Just walk in newness of life. Now, for the rest of life, the Bible talks about putting off the old and putting on the new. So we, we kind of have this sequence where we're, we're challenged with our old habits, our own thought patterns, our old words, and all that kind of stuff. But more and more, we say no, 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 and yes, yes, yes to God. Amen? That's what, that's, that's what we do. That's just the process of sanctification. Warren Wiersbe says this. Too many Christians are betweeners. They live between Egypt and Canaan, saved but never satisfied. Or they live between Good Friday and Easter, believing in the cross but not entering into the power and glory of the resurrection. I love that. I've been ministering for 30 years and a whole lot of counseling and a lot of things have happened in those 30 years. And sometimes as I'm, as I'm wanting to encourage believers, I'm like, you got the power of the resurrection. You're stuck in Saturday. You're stuck in Saturday. I know you believe it. I know you said, and I've even seen God do great things in your life, but you're, you keep going into Sunday. Live in Sunday. Amen? Live in Sunday. Appropriate the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Appropriate what it means to have the power of the resurrection in your life to maybe simply say, no, I will not do that again. I will not go down that road. I will not think that way. I will not turn on that YouTube channel. I will not go there on my phone. I will not do that. We have the glorious freedom to be free from the power of sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. Amen? That's our choice, to move from Good Friday through Saturday and into Sunday. We live in victory. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen? A couple youth announcements. First one... It's kind of a sad one. We're not having youth activities next week. Yeah, no, no Bible study, no youth group on Wednesday. But that is because we're going to have our spring break event on Friday, the 14th. So we, there is a new movie coming out, the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, that's going to be coming out on Friday. We're going to go see that. But before we do that, we're going to hang out here for a couple hours. Uh, we're going to play some Mario Kart, maybe just hang out. We're going to have some pizza. So signups are by tomorrow, and I forgot to mention this. Uh, when I say signups, I mean I just need to know like, if you're going to go. Uh, a lot of people have been saying, do I need to bring the 15? You don't have to bring that until Friday. It's fine. I just need to know if you're going. So we have a lot going so far. I think total, there's about, there may be 20 of us going. So uh, we're going to have a, a nice group going down there. We're going to have some fun. Again, no youth activities next week, but we will be going uh, and watching a movie on Friday. So hope to see you there. If you have any questions, 
You can see me afterwards. You can, of course, email me, ask me questions, anything like that. I can help you out. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name's Mark, and I uh, lead a lot of the mission activities here. And many of you know, if you come here regularly, that we have a mission trip in the third week of June. We're going down to Mexico with a group called Youth with a Mission, and we're going to be there for a week. There's 25 of us going. The trip is full. First time ever that we've had that happen, which is very cool. Uh, but we're going to go down and build two houses uh, for Mexican families that really need that as a as a means of health and safety and, and a blessing into their lives. Um, so, like I said, the trip is full. We have a, a goal of raising about $28,000 to build both of those houses. We've raised about 7800 so far. So thank you for any of you and those of you who have been generous in giving. Up till now, we still have a distance to go. And one of the ways that we're going to kind of um, move towards meeting that need is we are having a barbecue, a fundraising barbecue, on Sunday, May 17th, right after church. We're going to actually end church just a little bit early on that day and have a great barbecue event. <clears throat> and we have our own master chef, Tyler Morris, who is going to be doing the uh, barbecue for us. Now, I've never had Tyler's barbecue before. I don't know if you have, but I hear it's amazing. And so you want to be part of this event, and it's an opportunity to really just, you know, give generously towards this need. We're actually inviting the Baptist Church down as well, so it's going to be kind of a joint opportunity for us to partner with our brothers and sisters up the street uh, for this event. There is a There are little flyers that are on the table outside on the welcome cart, and there's actually a sign-up on the welcome cart, too. All I need is just your name and how many people in your family would be coming, and that's just for a head count, just to make sure that we have enough food. So uh, be, put that on your calendar, Sunday, May 17th. Let us know if you're coming, how many people are coming. May 7th, sorry. Did I say the 17th? May 7th, sorry. I'm not as old as you, Ernie, but I'm getting old. It's just not working the way it used to be. <clears throat> so May 7th, right after church. God bless you guys. Thank you. See, Ernie, you try to help Mark out and you get thrown under the bus, right? It's all love. I know. It's all love. Uh, a final announcement. Uh, next Saturday at 2 o'clock, we're going to be celebrating uh, the life of our dear brother, Pat Pagnasek. And we invite you to come on out. It's going to be a, a wonderful memorial for Pat. Uh, he was part of our worship team here for many years. And uh, Tyler, Pastor Tyler says, uh, we still need some help. So if you'd like to volunteer in uh, various capacities, see uh, Pastor Tyler. And uh, he'll give you some direction as far as how you can help. Uh, but yeah, come on out. It's going to be a wonderful celebration of Pat's life. Why don't we stand together? And uh, we're going to pray and we'll continue worship.